this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Are you ready for some high adventure? Coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. This is Once Told. Original short stories read by original people. Stories that are fun, fascinating, and perhaps a little frightening. Now, this episode of Once Told. Hank and Mindy are your average couple living in a regular home in the suburbs sometime in the future. But there is a problem with their house, and if they don't fix it soon, there will be hell to pay. Well, a hefty fine anyway. A Silly Millimeter by Steve Bellinger Hank was livid. A thousand dollars? A thousand goddamn dollars? Hank, please don't swear in front of the computer. You know how it likes to mimic you, Mindy cried as she tried to calm her husband. Besides, he did say we wouldn't have to pay the fine if we made corrections within the next ten days. But, Mindy, a thousand dollars. It takes me a whole day and a half to make that kind of money. And who knows what it's going to cost to fix it, Hank growled as he ripped the violation notice to shreds. No, Hank. Don't destroy the notice. It's recyclable. That's a five hundred dollar fine. Hank sighed and dropped the pieces on the kitchen table. He pressed the outside key on a nearby config control, and a window appeared on the wall. He looked out at all the rectangular homes on the street, all featureless and virtually identical. Some were white, others pastel pink, blue, or gray, all identical in design and identical in size to a very small tolerance, which is why his home had been sighted. Who did the measurements? Hank turned to his wife, who squinted as she tried to reassemble the notice and read the fine print. Um, Bemis. That jerk, Hank murmured. Bemis was chief inspector. No chance that any of his measuring equipment could have been malfunctioning. Even if it was, Bemis carried so much clout that there was no way to fight him and win. Where's my laser rule? In the garage. Hank closed the window, which vanished completely, and ordered up a door. A thin, vertical, luminescent line grew outward from the center of the wall and expanded to a rectangle. Within the rectangle, the wall shimmered and became an opening to the outside. He stepped into the hot December sun and walked around to the back of the house. It was an uninteresting block, just like all the others, except for the color. As he approached the rear of the house, another doorway appeared, and he entered the garage. 
The manual had said that the handheld laser rule was guaranteed to be accurate to plus or minus 350 angstroms. He carefully measured all the outer walls, width and height, as he bounced the invisible laser beam off the corners. He keyed in the standard homeowner's parameters and had the unit compute a comparison. Damn, he said as he looked at the results. He stomped back into the house, nearly bumping into the wall that almost did not become a door quickly enough. The son of a bitch is right, Mindy. If he's right, then he's not a son of a bitch, Mindy said calmly. Mindy, not in front of the computer, damn it. Hank dialed the dwell formers on the vid phone. The house was barely five years old. Perhaps the problem was still covered under warranty. A cute young lady appeared on the screen. She seemed to be doing something with her fingernails. Dwell formers, she said without looking up. Hank tried to be polite. Customer service, please. She lifted her head and glared blankly into the screen. Customer service? Oh, you mean complaints. Just a moment, sir. The screen went blank, and after a few seconds, a man in a white jumpsuit appeared. This is Bell of Customer Service. How may I help you? My name is Henry 07 Banks. I own Unit 445-TR6. I think I have a problem. With just a moment, Bell looked away as he pecked some keys on a computer console. Well, that home is just over five years old. There can't possibly be a problem. Well, there is, damn it. Well, what's wrong? Hank drew in a deep breath. My house is a millimeter too big, and the city's gonna fine me a thousand dollars a day until it's fixed. Bell looked down at the console. No, we measured that structure after we formed it. It was well within specs. In fact, it was a couple of micrometers less than ideal, but, like I said, well within specs. I don't give a goddamn about your specs. My house is too big. Sir, Bell interrupted, our records show that your home is equipped with a mnemonic replicating system computer. Oh, yes, but what has that got to do with this? You really shouldn't swear in front of it. It will mimic you. Listen, jerk, Hank steamed. My house is too damn big. Now what are you going to do about it? Oh, it must have expanded, Bell shook his head. Expansion is not covered in your warranty. And why the hell not? Hank demanded. Your house is made of dwell-form multi-polymer. It does not expand. City code, you know. But it did expand. Look, what would a reform cost? Well, Bell paused to think. We could come out with a macro mold and reform your house. But if it is really too large, that won't help because the mass will still be the same. If we squeeze the millimeter from the sides the house would exceed height limits. So do a complete reform, including the roof. Can't do that. It would make the interior walls bulge and the inside area would then be less than city codes allow. That carries an even bigger fine, I think. So what the hell do I do? Bell scratched his chin. Well, back before multi-polymer, we used to have this problem all the time. We could come out, reform the sides, peel the roof back, and shave the difference off the top of the walls. Now that would fix things. Hank smiled for the first time. Well, that's it. 
How much would that cost? Bell looked down at the console. Um, a million five. A million five? Hank screamed as he slammed his fist on top of the console, breaking a connection and the vid phone. The door chime rang. Computer, Hank called from his chair. Who's at the door? It's the son of a bitch. The computer responded. What? Apologies. It's Mr. Bemis of Code Enforcement. Uh, let the son of a bitch in. Bemis, a portly little man with almost no hair, entered through a door that appeared in a wall in the living room. I wish you wouldn't swear in front of your computer. I really don't like being addressed that way. Thanks for dropping by. Hank said flatly. Your fine is up to $5,000, Mr. Banks. Of course, it will be voided if you fix the problem. A goddamn millimeter. You clowns are just mad because the color is different. Well, you may have to apply for a variance on a color next year. They're amending the ordinance to allow only certain parts of the spectrum with no grandfathering. Chances are they'll make you change it. Hank stood so he could look down on Bemis. When was the last time you had your measuring equipment checked? Insulting a city official is punishable by a fine of no less than... Okay, okay, how much time do I have? Five days. Bemis looked at his wrist computer. When the fine reaches 10000 it becomes due. And if I don't pay? Oh, you'll pay all right. You'll pay. Bemis was ecstatic. Going after violators was fun, but cracking down on scufflaws like Banks was almost as good as sex. As his two-wheeler sputtered around the corner and approached 445-TR6, his smile faded. The house was no longer pastel green. Banks must have believed that crap about the color ordinance, Bemis thought. No matter. Bemis had checked with the dwell formers. No work had been done at this address. The house was still out of spec. He would issue the citation and collect the money. Cash or credit made no difference. He'd still get his commission in a week. He hopped out of his by car and walked up to the front wall. He could hear the computer announce his presence, in a more cordial manner this time, and the wall opened. Well, Mr. Banks, Bemis tried to hide his elation. Will that be cash? Check or credit card? Hank feigned a surprise. For what, may I ask? You're fine. Ten thousand dollars. Do immediately. Bemis held up the citation. And the code violation must still be corrected within five more days, or we will condemn and level this house. At your expense. Whatever do you mean? Bemis was getting impatient. Probably going to fight this in the courts, he thought. The city will win, of course, but it will be months before his commission would be released. Look, I do not have time for games. Your home is in violation of city code 22342.57809. That is, it exceeds the maximum dimensional limits by one millimeter. Now I'll just give you your citation. You give me the money and I'll be on my way. Not so fast. You do have your laser rule with you, don't you? Well, guess I do, but... I believe I have the right to a reinspection, Hank said. 
Bemis sighed. What a waste of time. Without the dwell formers, nothing could have been done to change the configuration of the house. Only they are licensed to work with multi-polymers. Hank stood in the open doorway as Bemis switched on his laser rule and took the measurements. He entered the parameters and scowled. He took the measurements again. Damn it, he said to himself. Want to try mine? Hank smirked. Ignoring the insult, Bemis ran the laser rule through all of its diagnostic routines and measured yet again. It displayed the same result. There could be no mistake. Is there something wrong? Hank grinned. It seems that the one millimeter error no longer exists. Bemis glared at Hank with narrowed eyes. You are no longer in violation. Hank smiled. Thank God for paint remover. He stepped back inside and ordered the computer to close the door. Goodbye, you son of a bitch. As the opening closed up, Bemis could faintly hear laughing through the wall. He was furious. Not only would he lose a sizable commission, but in his zeal he had done all of the paperwork in advance. He was going to have to pay for the wasted forms. You enjoy yourself while you can, Mr. Banks, he said to himself. In their infinite wisdom, the Founding Fathers had made sure that the municipal codes were so convoluted and tedious that almost everyone was bound to slip up somehow. And you, sir, are no exception. He strolled around the house, taking measurements of the driveway, lawn area, and garden. Everything appeared to be within code. Even the curb height was correct. He checked the distance from the mailbox to the street, and then to the house. He looked at the vertical deviation of the mailbox post. No violation there. He walked over to the garden and took more measurements. The area was indeed correct. The species of flower was acceptable. Even the moisture content of the soil was within limits. Still, something was wrong. Something had to be wrong. He knelt at the edge of the garden, counted the total number of petals on the flowers, and smiled. Imagine being born the son of a slave with the mind of a genius. That was Simi Johnson in the years following the Civil War. After a perilous escape from lynch mobs in Mississippi, he manages to earn a PhD in physics at Tuskegee. And in his research, he discovers the secret of time travel. Simi develops a design for a time machine, but the technology required to make it work does not yet exist. Fast forward 125 years. An African-American college student in Chicago finds Dr. Johnson's plans and builds a time machine. He goes back to the year 1919 to meet the doctor and his beautiful daughter, Ollie, who live in Chicago's Black Belt, now known as Bronzeville. But he has chosen an unfortunate time in history and becomes involved in the bloodiest race riot in Chicago's history, the Red Summer Riot. The Chronicar, an urban adventure in time, 
is the award-winning novel by Steve Bellinger. Get your copy in paperback, Kindle ebook, and audiobook from Amazon, or ask for it at your favorite bookstore. The Chronicar, an urban adventure in time, because there is no fiction like science fiction. This was once told. In this episode, you heard A Silly Millimeter, written and read by Steve Bellinger. We hope you have enjoyed our program, and be sure to visit us at stevebellinger.com. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Thursday Thrillers right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Monday Matinee for classic live and theatrical audio plays, Tuesday Terrors for horror audio drama, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike, and Sunday Showcase bringing you the very newest in audio releases from our United Artists of Audio right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.